attack and still break through.
church looks full. You got to get here early to get a place in the back. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Let's all stand together. Uh, we'll make a joyful noise. Brother Ken will come lead us now. Amen. Grab that blue song book this morning, hymn number 55. When the roll is called up yonder, we'll do all three verses. Page number 55 this morning. trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called this Sunday morning. Thank you for coming out. Boy, it's a good looking crowd this morning. Thank you for being here. Let me give you just a couple of prayer requests. Pray for Sister Margaret Bocock, uh, one of our shut-ins. I mentioned last week she'd been in uh, ICU. She's back at the nursing home, but she's in a, just in a lot, of, a lot of physical needs there. Pray for her if you would. Pray for our services today. Boy, we need the presence of the Lord in our midst. Pray for our teen conference uh, heading out tomorrow morning, bright and early, and of course all of them that'll be traveling across the country. A couple thousand teens teenagers registered for the event so you pray for that if you would and we're looking forward to a good day in God's house today amen son you take us to the throne of grace let's pray together let's join James this morning father we we thank you again for allowing us to be here father as we gather here Sunday after Sunday Lord we thank you for that for that eternal plan that you had to buy for yourself a particular people father we know that you've purposed that all of your people would be made into the likeness of your son but Father, we also thank you for the fact that in that one body of Christ, we are all like different body parts that each have different purposes and functions to encourage and build each other up. And Father, as we gather here today and we look out upon the crowd, Lord, we know we see people from different backgrounds and uh, different jobs and different locations. But Father, we thank you that we are still here as one people and one family for one purpose. Father, as we sing these songs, we pray that, that we would look to that purpose, that we would not worry about other things. But as we are gathered here, we pray that your son would be uh, glorified and lifted up. 
Father, we pray that your spirit would come to help us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Father, most importantly of all, we do pray for the preaching of the word to come. Father, we pray that your spirit would go out with it as you promised and that it, and that it would accomplish the purpose that you see fit to accomplish. And Father, if any here have not bowed that knee to Christ as Lord and Savior, then Father, we do pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Father, we love you and we can never thank you enough. And it's through your son we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated this morning. If you're like me, there's not too many days of the week where you don't battle the enemy. Amen. Always out to seek and destroy that whom he may devour, but I am glad there's a place where we can go. He can't follow us. You listen now as Miss Marcia sings, I can still pray through.
Amen. Awesome job, Miss Marcia. One more for you this morning. Aren't you glad that when he hung on the cross, uh, that he had you in mind? All the hours that he suffered were for one reason, so that he might call a people unto himself. Boy, I love this song. Love to hear Ken sing it. You listen uh, as we sing when he was on the cross.
folks, good morning. Great to see you. Thank you for being here today. Let me run through our announcements. Whoa, wow, church is packed today. I love it. Amen. Uh, we're, we're shooting the idea out the water that uh, summertime you can't, uh, that folks don't come to church. Uh, boy, I like it when you can't find a place to sit. Amen. That's good stuff. All right, let me give you some quick announcements this morning. First of all, uh, a reminder to everybody that uh, we'll be having a special offering today uh, for our teenagers. I'm telling you that now because some of you, like me, like to utilize our online system, uh, either the app or, or or over your web browser, and uh, there's already a category there for teens, so use that if you want to uh, take advantage of that here in just a bit. A couple of changes I've already put out and announced to the choir. We're postponing choir practice by one week. I got some folks working upstairs today to finish that up, so we're going to let them do that. Practice will be next Sunday at 445, and then teens that are heading with me to conference tomorrow, please note that we are leaving an hour earlier than planned. We're leaving at 7 a.m. instead of 8 a.m. Uh, registration is earlier this year, so in order to make sure we get there in time, we got to head out at 7 o'clock. That doesn't mean to get here at 7. we got to be ready to go at 7. Please keep that in mind if you would. And then I'm meeting with the teenagers right over here, uh, right after service today uh, with teens and parents. Won't be but about five, ten minutes to go over some things. Likewise, uh, Miss Mary Margaret's going to meet with the young adults uh, right after church as well to talk about a couple of things. Y'all going to meet back there in that corner where, where she normally sits, and we'll meet up here uh, to talk about our stuff for tomorrow. Also, keep in mind, if you would, the activity this coming Saturday for the young adults at Bassett Community Center. Uh, information is listed there. Time begins. Begins, uh, I think she told me 5.30. If that's not correct, she can tell you guys that uh, on uh, back at your meeting today. Then also coming up, July the 27th, uh, please take note of that fundraiser uh, for our teen room renovation. Can't wait for everybody to see all the things that are happening upstairs. Looks fantastic. I've got to catch. I've purposely not been up there a lot uh, because the before and after is pretty staggering with what the work they're doing. Uh, we're gotten some, getting some changes in order for Sunday school uh, kickoff for the new year. That'll happen on Moving Up Sunday. Lots of great things happening, but please keep that in mind if you would. Ladies, if you have not paid for the Women's Mountain Retreat, your $55, is that right, Miss Upchurch, 55 If you have not paid that uh, and you are attending, please take care of that today. And then also the dates for our end of summer jubilee are fast upon us, just a few weeks away with Brother Heath Williams and the Joyful Sound, C.T. Townsend, Kyla Rowland, and Deliverance. What a lineup. Uh, boy, we're looking forward to that. Then uh, notice Operation Christmas Child information is there. I need to give you one other thing that's not in there. I'll put it in for next week on Monday, July the 22nd. There'll be another craft night uh, from 4 into 8 for, to make items for Operation Christmas Child. Please keep that in mind if you would. And then uh, those of you that are so good to help us with shut-in deliveries, if you would please head to the teen room right after service today. Uh, uh, we've got the things that are heading to our shut-ins for this month of July ready for you to pick up. I'll pause a moment and express my total, total, total gratitude for your willingness to do that. I can't thank you enough for your help. They love it, and I appreciate your willingness. If you walked in today and smelled cantaloupes and watermelons, that's because that's what the shut-ins are getting this week. Uh, and so you help us out with that. If you would, please, we would appreciate it immensely. All right, all the little ones, if you're heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on this morning while my son turns himself over and does backflips. Hey, man, you didn't know he was a gymnast, did you? All the little ones heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, come make your way down. If you're visiting, they're going to collect any loose change that you've got. This is our Penny March. Take off, young folks.
quickly. Parents, 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 look this way. If your kids are heading to Children's Church or Junior Church, we want you to know today that both classes will be downstairs uh, combined this morning because of the construction work happening upstairs. So I want you to know where they are. Both classes will be downstairs. appreciate it. Man, it does my heart good to see all these kids heading out of here. Uh, that means that you brought them to church. I love it. Amen. Brother and Sister Whitlow, didn't you all recently celebrate an anniversary? No? All right, I'm making it up. All right. I send the cards out all the time, and I thought you did. How long y'all been married anyway? 66 years. Well, happy anniversary whenever it was, is, or will be. Amen. All right. All right, fellas, make your way down this morning, if you would, please. Uh, you all come get ready to uh, uh, take up our Sunday morning offering. You be obedient unto the Lord with his tithes and your offerings. And God will bless you for that. Oh, wow, we got, a, we got quite a little trio or quartet or, or quintet coming here. Yeah, man. So Let's who? pray this morning. Father, thank you, Lord, for the offering. Lord, bless the gift, the giver. We're excited to be in your house today. We don't take it lightly, nor do we take it for granted that we have the opportunity to assemble ourselves together and, Lord, hear from heaven. Lord, I pray your blessings upon the offering. Bless the singers today in Christ's name. Amen. I was standing on the banks of the river Looking out over life's troubled sea, when I saw an old ship that was sailing, is that the old ship of Zion? Waves were rough. 
ship was steady. Is that the old ship of Zion I see? At the stern of the ship was the captain. I could hear as he called out my name. Get on board, it's the old ship of Zion. It may never pass this way again. As I step on board, I'll be leaving all my sorrows and heartaches behind. I'll be safe with Jesus the captain sailing out on the old ship of Zion I'll be safe with Jesus the captain sailing out on the old ship as I step on board, I'll be leaving all my sorrows and heartaches behind. I'll be safe with Jesus the a diesel bus and let's hit the road. Amen. I'm the manager. Had two more step on the old ship yesterday. Brother Roar was sharing with me that at our nursing home center yesterday, ministry, they led two to the Lord there at the facility. So praise the Lord for that. God's good. Amen. Let's have a song of fellowship, Brother Ken. Amen. Page number 22 this morning. Are you washed in the blood? We'll do that first, first course, fellowship a while. Hymn number 22. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless 
are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do that last verse with me. Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Shake hands for a while.
got a Baptist traffic jam. I told Renee she had to stop playing or y'all would be shaking hands till 4 o'clock this afternoon. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Two quick things uh, this morning. Miss Mally, good to see you back there, sweetheart. We've been praying for you. Glad you're able to be back with us. She'd been in the hospital and in the nursing home. and glad you're back with us today. Praise the Lord for that. And then, uh, again, a reminder in just a second, in just a few moments, give her a round of applause. We're glad to see you, Miss Mally. We're glad to see you, honey. Thank you. You can be seated, sweetheart. Thank you so much. wanted everybody to see who you were when I was talking about you. Uh, and then, uh, again, we're getting ready to take up our uh, special offering for the, for the teens. A uh, couple of quick reminders. Again, if you want to use the online system, tap the teen uh, radio button. If you want to make a checkout, make it out to the church. This is going to go to help support the teen conference, specifically the meals. We, uh, uh, the breakfast is paid for. Uh, lunch is paid for except for one day, and I'll explain that to everybody. But the dinners are not, and this is so that we can help uh, uh, all eat together and provide the cost of that evening meal. Uh, and so it's usually about, to be honest with you, when you're feeding 30 folks, it's usually about 100 bucks. Uh, or, excuse me, it's about 300 bucks. Uh, not a, boy, wouldn't it be great if you could feed 30 people for 100 bucks? That'd be awesome. It's about $300 per meal, and we've got four of them. So if you could help us out with that, we, we, we cut the cost as much as we can, but we'd sure appreciate it. Fellas, make your way down if you would, please. Make your way down this morning, please. And uh, we'll have a quick song, and then we'll get into the Word. Lord, bless this offering. Lord, we're excited about next week's conference. Lord, I pray that you do a work in the lives of these young folks, and bless them. Lord, uh, bless every counselor, every preacher that'll be preaching. May your son be magnified and glorified in Christ's name. Amen. Take off, gentlemen. Luke 15 this morning, the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. Again, thank you for your help with that uh, offering. Uh, between conference costs and the hotel costs, the kids have already each of the kids have already raised three hundred dollars, uh, and so we try to help them out with the cost of those meals. And I sure appreciate your generosity. Luke chapter number 15 this morning. We're going to read the first of what is three parables found in Luke 15. Luke 15 is often referred to, I call it often, uh, referred to it as uh, God's lost and found department. You've got the parable of the shepherd and the sheep. 
You've, uh, which is looking at one out of 100. You've got the parable of the lost coin, the value of one out of 10. Then you've got the parable of the prodigal son, the lost boy, one out of two. And in each case, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's one out of 100, one out of 10, or one out of two. God still values the cost of one. He does it all for the cost of one. We often say, and it's true today, but more so than ever, that if we'd have been the only one on planet Earth, I believe God had still sent his son to die for our sin debt. So let's begin reading in Luke chapter number 15, verse number 3. We will read down through verse number 7. Spake this parable unto them, saying... "What?" By the way, let me pause a moment and explain. I know most of you know what a parable is, but just so that you understand, it's much like a pastor would use an illustration. It's a story, an earthly story, used to describe a heavenly concept. So let's keep reading verse number 4. What man of you... Having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness. Go after that which is lost until he find it. When he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven. For one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Father, bless the preaching this morning. Boy, it's been good in your house today already. Lord, thank you for showing up this morning at our little congregation. We praise you for that. Lord, I pray that you, as we come now to this part of the hour, that you bless it, God. Take the outline that I know you've laid up on my heart. Use it. May it be a blessing to the folk. And as already been said, if there's somebody that needs to be saved, don't let them walk out of here. Until they know Jesus Christ as Savior. In the sweet name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Scripture gives us several examples, or metaphors if you would, of the relationship between God, Son, and the church. What do I mean? For example, uh, Scripture says that he's the potter and we are the clay. Scripture says that he's the bridegroom and we are the bride. But I don't think there is a more beautiful picture of the relationship between Christ and his people than this notion of the shepherd and the sheep. This was not an accident that God chose this picture to describe our relationship. Because in so doing, he's reminding us of the importance that we have as sheep in securing or needing a shepherd. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons I think the Lord chose the image of the sheep to describe us, his children. Why? Because, first of all, you need to know, and I hope you'll amen me, and those of you who are into animal husbandry, forgive me for saying this, but sheep are dumb. Sheep are dumb. You go look it up, folks, and you will find, based upon the size of their body, sheep have the smallest brain in the animal kingdom. And in fact, now I don't mean that an ant's got a bigger brain than a sheep, but if you look at the size of its body as compared to the size of its brain, uh, that relationship, that ratio, there is no smaller brain compared to the size of the body than a sheep. If I may be blunt, they're just plain stupid. 
Amen. I remember several years ago, I was preaching. Uh, 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 Miss Patsy and Brother Eddie had just started, and I was preaching a message about shepherd and sheep. And, and, and I mentioned the fact that of all the animals in the animal kingdom, sheep were one of the dumbest. And she came up after me and talked about some experiences she had as a youngster raising sheep. And she confirmed uh, my theory that sheep are dumb. What does that matter, folks? Would you amen me? As humans, we do some awfully dumb stuff. Sometimes, church, we're just plain out stupid. Amen. Sheep are also directionless. What do I mean by that? If a sheep wanders off from the rest of the herd, it's going to have a hard, if not impossible, time finding its way back on its own. You see, sheep have no sense of direction. And so absent the relationship or those from the outside with the Lord, there is no way that that sheep will find its way back to the fold. May I pause a moment and say, if you are like me, and you've been saved for any length of time, you have to amen the fact that there have been times that you've wandered away. Boy, I got saved June 13th, 1976, seven days shy of being seven years old, and I so wish I could stand here in this pulpit this morning and tell you that for those 42 years I have faithfully served the Lord. I can't say that. What I can say to you is that even when I've wandered away, he doesn't wander away from me. What I can say to you is even though I walk away from the fold and I lose sight of where I was, he never lose sight of where I am. Sheep are directionless. Sheep are dumb. Sheep are also incredibly defenseless. You need to know this. Lions have teeth and claws. Bears have the same. Snakes have fangs. And even the fowls of the air have some kind of defensive mechanism. But sheep have nothing. Have no ability to defend themselves. If they are attacked, they have no way of protecting themselves. And they are 100% completely helpless. You see, folks, sheep must have a shepherd for protection. Spiritual believers, those of us who are saved, and if you're not, today is the day of salvation, but you hear me, we are defenseless against our enemy, our adversary. Scripture describes him as a lion seeking whom he may devour. You know this. Uh, You understand that when he goes after uh, one of us, uh, especially if he goes after one of the youngsters or one of the ones who are spiritually crippled or spiritually lame, uh, he often has the upper hand. He has the attack on sight. Uh, He's got the sheep in his sights, and he can do incredible damage uh, were it not for the shepherd. So I want to give you a message this morning that I'm simply calling, thank God we have a shepherd. Thank God we have a shepherd. I'll give you three things that were taken straight from the text this morning. Note number one, if you would please, the shepherd's sorrow. The shepherd's sorrow. I'll remind you that this story, this this parable tells us that there are 100 sheep. There are 100 sheep. And the shepherd has only lost one. He still has 99 that are safe and secure. So why in heaven's name would he, would he walk away from the 90 and 9? Why in heaven's name does he go after that one little sheep when he still has 99 that he can claim for his own? He does so, church, because that one sheep is his personal possession. you got to understand that the sheep belong to the shepherd. He's paid a personal price, and he's not about to stand by idly while one of his sheep 
gets lost from the fold. Listen to what I'm about to say. I don't believe for one second that a born-again believer uh, who, who uh, sins on God or who gets out of God's will, I don't believe for one second uh, that a born-again believer loses that salvation. Uh, why? Because the shepherd paid an awfully high price to get him into the fold to begin with. The shepherd gave everything. In fact, the shepherd gave his own life so that that sheep became part of that fold. Uh, so when that sheep wanders away, uh, he does not stand back and say, well, I got 99. I'm not going to worry about that one. No. Uh, he says, that one but." That one belongs to me, and I'll risk everything to go get that one and bring that one back to the fold. That sheep is mine. What parent among us would not risk everything to go get that child that's walking out into sin? What parent among us, uh, when you see a child getting into physical danger, uh, doesn't say, I'll give up everything. I'll give up my home. I'll give up my health. I'll give up my happiness for the sake of that child of mine. And if we do that for our child, how much more does does our Heavenly Father do that for his sheep? That sheep is a personal possession. But not only is that sheep a personal possession, that sheep is also a precious possession. You see, it doesn't matter if that sheep is one year old or ten years old. It doesn't matter if that sheep is a big one or a little one, a fat one, an ugly one, a pretty one. It doesn't matter. That sheep is precious because in God's eyes and in in that fold over there, there's no such thing as big sheep and little sheep. Every sheep, every single one of them is precious in the eyes of God. There's none that he says that he will not risk everything to go out and get back home. Every single one of them are precious in his sight. And I pause a moment and say, child of God, look at me. And I want to say something especially to the teenagers and the young adults. There's never been a time in our country's history or our society's history where there is more of a pressure to conform than there is now. There are lives uh, that are being taken. Folks uh, doing incredibly stupid stuff uh, to try to fit in and conform uh, to what is supposedly the accepted view of society today. May I say to you, uh, put all of that garbage aside and be reminded that you are, you are created in God's image. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. Uh, yes, I know there are things about you you wish you could change. That's true with every single person. And what you're seeing on social media is fake. It's phony. It's make-believe. It's not real. It's not attainable. And besides, God made you the way he wanted you to be made. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. There is nothing about you that you cannot say, God made me. I love him. He loves me. Now, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean we don't better ourselves. That don't mean we don't try to work out and look good and all that kind of stuff. But you hear me, if this part's not right, no matter what you do on the outside, is going to make it right. Those sheep are precious in his eyes. These sheep are his prized possession. When one of them wanders away, there's sorrow in the shepherd's heart. Notice, secondly, not only the shepherd's sorrow... I want you to see with me the shepherd's search. The shepherd's search. The moment, the moment, the instant the shepherd realizes that one of the sheep is beginning to wander away, his motive begins to click in. He instantly decides that he's going after that sheep to bring that one lost child, that one lost lamb, that one lamb that's out of the fold of safety 
back home to the fold. Have you ever wondered what his motive is? Why is he doing it? Well, there will some who will tell you that his motive is out of anger and punishment. That he's trying to bring the sheep back uh, by, by literally making that sheep submit to his will. May I say to you that the shepherd uh, does not go out in anger to punish the sheep, but he goes out in love to rescue the sheep. Shepherd uh, knows uh, that if, the sh- if he doesn't intervene, then that sheep has no hope. Uh, that sheep will never make it on its own. Uh, that sheep will get tangled up in briars. Uh, that sheep will fall down into the crevice. Uh, and it will not be long before a wolf uh, or some other enemy will come along and devour that sheep. Uh, so the shepherd, not out of anger, uh, but out of love, uh, out of a desire to rescue, uh, leaves 99 behind and goes after the one sheep that's out of the fold. His motive says, I love you. His motive says to the sheep, I love you. Not only do I want you to see his motive, but I want you to notice his method. This is important and you need to see this. When it comes time for the shepherd to find the sheep, it's the shepherd that initiates the search. It's the shepherd that stands back and recognizes that, oh my, I've got 99, but there's one who's gone. And it's the shepherd who says, I've got to go after the sheep. Instead of waiting, instead of hoping that the sheep comes back, it's the shepherd that says, I'll go out searching for the sheep. Can we pause just a moment and say, thank God. When we were out in the sin and muck and mire of this world, thank God when we weren't... Thank God when we weren't searching for him, honey, he came searching for us. When we didn't want anything to when we didn't want anything to do with him or his church or his praise or his word or his son or his people, he said, those sheep are mine. I love them, and I'm not going to leave them without a shepherd. I'll leave it all behind. I'll go after that one sheep regardless of how far they're out in sin. He initiates the search. Not only does he initiate the search, when it comes time, he uh, he intensifies the search. What do I mean? Go back into our text. Notice what it says in verse 4. Man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine of the wilderness and go after that which is lost. And notice that last prepositional phrase. Until... He find it. Yeah, man. Until he find it. Thank God our shepherd don't quit after a few minutes. Yeah, man. Thank God our shepherd don't quit just because the sheep's too far out. Thank God the shepherd doesn't give up just because it gets a little bit rough and rocky in the briar patch. Thank God that the sheep doesn't, the shepherd doesn't stand back and say, oh, it's too bad. That sheep got its own self into the mess. I reckon we'll have to find its own way home. Our shepherd says, I'm not quitting until I bring the sheep home. Our shepherd says, I'll leave the portals of heaven. I'll die for the sheep. And then I'll find that sheep wherever it is. I'll do everything I need to do to bring that sheep back home to the fold. Boy, some of you are like me this morning. You're thinking about the times that you walked away from God. You're thinking about the mess of this world you found yourself in. And God would have been right to say they got themselves there. They can stay there or find their own way back home. But that ain't the kind of God we serve. 
That ain't the kind of God that loves me. That ain't the kind of God that sends a son to die for the sheep. Our God says, that one's mine. The world can't, just like we say about our kids, the world can't have them. Our God says, the world can't have that sheep. I died for that sheep. I'll do whatever I need to bring that sheep back home. I will treacherous across the wilderness to bring the sheep home. Number one this morning, notice if you would please the sorrow. Number two, the search. Number three, the success of the sheep. To you to note with me, Scripture says that the shepherd locates the sheep. I've often wondered in reading this and preaching about it, whether it is the bleeding sound of the sheep or the intensive knowledge of the shepherd that leads the shepherd to the sheep's location. I think it's probably a combination of both, but here's what I know. It's the shepherd that locates the sheep. It's not the sheep that locates the shepherd. Amen. You see, the sheep's got itself in too much of a mess. It can't find the shepherd. Not only that, again, amen me, the sheep's too dumb to even look for the shepherd. All the sheep knows is it's got itself in a mess. It can't get itself out, and it needs some help. And just... Just when things are at their worst, just when it seems like the sheep's life's about to come to an end, the shepherd locates the sheep. Here's what I know. The shepherd knew where the sheep was to begin with. That might not fit your theology, but let me explain. In the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, and God came to walk with Adam in the still of the day, God says, Adam, where art thou? You're not dumb enough to think that God really didn't know where Adam was, do you? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He knows all. He sees all. Has it ever occurred to you? Ain't nothing ever occurred to God? There is nothing that happens to you that he don't know about. So it's not a question of where is he. God didn't need to know where Adam was. God wanted Adam to know where Adam was. He knows where the sheep is. That's why he locates them. I hope you'll say amen to this. It don't matter how bad the situation is, God can locate the sheep. It doesn't matter how far the shepherds wandered away. God can locate the sheep. And when he locates the sheep, here's my favorite part. You can read about this in Psalm 23 and other passages. When he locates, did you see how I just made the circle there? Amen. I didn't even look at my outline. I just made you think I did. After he's located the sheep, he lays hands on the sheep. You see, when that sheep falls down into the crevice, when that sheep gets mired up in the briars, and you understand that because of the wool of that sheep, once it gets mired up, that's it. Once it gets tangled up in a briar patch and the thorns get embedded into that wool, that sheep cannot get out. You understand? That's like us, church. I don't care how many new leaves you turn over. I don't know how many times you start over. Uh, once you get so deep and thick into the muck and the mire of this, you ain't getting out without the shepherd. Amen. And the moment that he's at his worst, the moment that that sheep is bleeding its last bleat, crying its last tear, it begins to feel the hand. It begins to feel the hands of the shepherd. That's the reason scripture says that it's got a crook on the end. Because if it gets so deep, the 
The shepherd just has to reach down and lift it out with its staff. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You understand the rod is to take away the enemies. The staff is to lift the sheep. And the moment that the sheep feels the hand of the shepherd, the sheep says, I know who that is. I felt that touch before. Everything's going to be all right. The shepherds done showed up on the scene. The shepherd lays its hands on the sheep. And then if necessary, the shepherd reaches down and lifts the sheep. So often in the wilderness of Israel... Sheep would wander away and find themselves in the rocky caverns, into places where sheep have no business being. They don't just get tangled up in the briar patches. Oftentimes they find themselves falling down between the cracks of the rocks and the crevices, and now they're in a real predicament. They're just not tangled up in in the briars. Uh, They're about to fall to their death. Don't look at me cross-eyed, folks. Some of us have been there as well. We're about this far away from doing something really dumb. We've done dumb. We're about this far away from being really dumb. Just when we need him the most. (laughs) Just when it feels like we've gone too far away. Just when it feels like the shepherd's turned his back on us, we feel the hand of the shepherd, and we can say, I know that touch. I remember who that is. And all of a sudden, he takes the staff, or he takes his arms, and he begins to lift that sheep out of the muck, out of the mire, out of the crevice, out of the crags of this world. And sure enough, Scripture says, not only does he lay hands on the sheep, not only does he lug the sheep, but he lifts the sheep and puts them on his shoulders. You've seen that imagery before. You've seen that picture before. I've often wondered why Scripture tells us that. Why didn't he just carry him under his arm like we would a dog? Well, that ain't the way you carry a sheep. I didn't know this until research it. this. I've preached about sheep a hundred times, but never thought about this until I thought about this last week. You see, one of the reasons... That, that the sheep needs to be on the shepherd's shoulders is because sheep are dumb. And they need to know we're heading home. The sheep need to... <clears throat> See, sheep are stupid. And left to themselves, they don't get it. Uh, they don't understand it. Uh, they can't figure it out. Uh, so when the shepherd puts that sheep on his shoulders, uh, it's the sheep's way of saying, I'm leaving that behind, and I'm marching back to, marching back to the fold. Uh, aren't you glad this morning uh, that when he finds us in sin, he don't leave us there? Uh, aren't you thankful this morning uh, that when we find ourselves in the muck and mire uh, and the, sheep sh- the shepherd shows up, uh, he lifts us, uh, and we can see, I'm leaving the... P- I'm leaving the past behind. I'm not what I ought to be, but thank God I ain't what I used to be, and I'm heading towards home. Shepherd's sorrow. I got to hurry. The shepherd's search. Shepherd's success. And finally, note with me the shepherd's satisfaction. Scripture says in verse number seven, excuse me, verse number six, when he cometh home, Calleth 
together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. There are some on the sidelines who may say, why are we rejoicing over this one? You still got 99 at the house. And I can't help but think if he wouldn't say, yeah, I know, but I lost one. And there's a reason to celebrate when one comes back home. And in the last verse, verse number 7, he says, I say unto you, likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. I submit to you this morning that when one sheep comes back home, uh, there's a celebration in heaven. I submit to you this morning, uh, if the church doesn't get it, uh, if the family doesn't get it, uh, if the spouse doesn't get it, uh, if the deacons don't get it, uh, if the congregation doesn't get it, there is a celebration in heaven uh, when a sheep meets Calvary's lamb. You always hear me talk about Kyla songs. She's not my only writer that I like. There's another writer that I love to her songs. Her name is, used to be, maiden name was Amy Keffer. What's her last name now, Rebecca? A- Amy Shellam. She wrote a song many years ago that said, Ordinary service on a bright Sunday morning. It's the last verse of Just As I Am. When the hands start to waving and the tears start to flowing because another sheep just met Calvary's lamb. There's a hallelujah moment in heaven every time a lost sinner gets saved. The angels rejoice as a new saint of God walks the aisle that mercy has paved. There's, there's calls for great celebration. All of heaven gives thankful praise. Because there's a hallelujah moment in heaven every time a lost sinner gets saved. May I simply say to you this morning, if you're that sheep that's never met the shepherd, good news, today's your day. Can be. But maybe you're like many of us. You met him some time ago, but you've wandered away from the fold. May I pause a moment and say, you ain't so far, he can't get you. You ain't done so much, he can't bring you back to the house. You know, I can't help but think, uh, when, when, that, when that prodigal son is rehearsing his speech all the way back home, uh, Father, uh, I've sinned against heaven and against God, and I'm no worthy to be counted as thy son. He says, make me as one of thy hired servants. He says that over and over and over uh, until he gets to the door and his father greets him, uh, and he falls on his father's arms, and he says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against God, uh, and I'm no more worthy to be counted as your, your son. And the father says, stop right there. Yep, you messed up. Yep, you disappointed me, but there's never a moment you quit being my boy. Yep, man. If you're here today and you've wandered away from God, uh, yes, uh, you might have disappointed God. and God might not be happy with some of your decisions, but you look at me, there ain't never been a second when you quit being his child. He will welcome you back to the fold. But maybe you're also like me this morning. And in messages like this, you think about where you were. How far out you were when you felt the touch of the shepherd lifting you out of the crevices of this world. And now he's got you on his shoulders. And you can look back and think, 
I'm stepping two steps further away from what I used to be. I'm marching towards home because I'm being lugged on the shepherd's shoulders. Won't you stand to your feet this morning? <clears throat> Heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you for your participation with us today. Thank God for the shepherd. Thank God the child of God has a shepherd. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Renee, you begin playing. And if category number two or three describes you from a moment ago, you're not as close to the fold as you used to be, and you can feel the hand of the shepherd bringing you home, I want you to step out right now. Come on. Don't worry about others have already moved. And then the, here's the third one. Maybe you're like me. You think about where you were when God found you. And you just want to thank Him that He didn't leave you out there. Won't you come on and make your way this morning? Well, there's folks moving from every direction. Come on, make your way. Fill the altars. But now here's an important question. Here's an important question. And I want you to listen to me carefully. If you're here today... You've never met the shepherd. You don't know him. Nobody's looking but me. You say, Pastor Greg, pray for me. I need to meet him. Pray for me that I'd be saved before it's too late. Is there anyone like that preacher? Pray for me. Brother Ken's going to sing us one verse this morning while those around this altar are praying. You come this morning. Sing for us, Brother Ken. Jesus wonder and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean oh how marvelous oh how wonderful and my song shall
to be loved by the shepherd. Thank God we have a shepherd. Join us tonight at 6 o'clock for our evening services. Can't wait to share with you the Lord's laid on my heart tonight. Remember, teens, going to teen conference and parents here. Young adults, uh, preparation for Saturday back there. Give Mary Margaret a few minutes. She's in nursery, so we need to get the kids checked out before she comes. She'll be there. Just give her a few minutes. Brother Ken, dismiss us in prayer, if you would, please. Our Heavenly Father, God, we just want to say, Lord, we love you. Father, thank you for loving us. God, how awesome of a service that was this morning. Father, what a reminder how much you love us today. God, may we never forget the love that you have for us. Lord, we can only love you because you first loved us. God, what a message. Thank you this morning, Lord, for that. God, may you bless your people today. God, we sure do love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.